0: Recorded live.
2: So this is Lisa with Charismatic Woman, and I want to start this by saying I have, I don't know, I wouldn't say stumbled. I, I haven't been sure what I wanted to do in terms of programs for Charismatic Women since the first of the year. It has It has not been clear to me at all. And I batted around replaying some older material, which I still think I might. In fact, I'm sure I am going to do at least one of the courses we've done before, only I'm going to kind of upgrade it. And um, I just felt this sort of sense of not knowing exactly what as a group or a community we actually needed. Um, and I played with some really ridiculous sort of concepts like I really thought about doing a selfie clinic which actually yeah. we, might, we might do I mean that actually might that. might play into what we're talking about here um, I toyed with you know going very very strict sort of LOA and maybe going back to LOA ass kicking I just haven't really been sure and it really did occur to me a couple of days ago that I don't know my political musings, and you guys all know me, like Ellen just dialed in. I'm looking at the group that's here and the group that will listen to this in recording. You guys know where I stand politically and how sort of this political climate has affected my life, and I am not alone in that. And I also know that there are members of our group that are very much Republican and are not suffering the same sort of (laughs) sorrow that some of us are. And I mean, this is a broad spectrum of women. I think this larger issue of community keeps coming up. But sort of through my musing, I mean, the theme that keeps arising over and over and over again is that I truly believe that this this will be historically when we see a shift, maybe a reemergence, but an emergence nonetheless, of a move away from the patriarchy to the matriarchy mm-hmm. and when i said in the, in our little newsletter today it's like i'm not sure that all of this is about healing i mean i really i like that idea that we can't heal what we don't bring into the life and that recent events are bringing a lot of things up that need healing i think that is in part true but i think the reason that it is happening is because in a very large scale, we have already healed. I mean, that healing in a lot of ways collectively has already taken place, or is at least in its final stages of healing. And what's happening is this really, again, it's it's a very uncomfortable transition from patriarchy to matriarchy from a sociological standpoint. And so there's a lot of fallout and a lot of upset and a lot of shaking away of old systems and recreation of new systems and attitudes. And oftentimes that kind of shift happens with what feels like a war or a revolution. And I think revolution and evolution are obviously very closely related. But the move from the masculine to the feminine, it would have been nice if it had been a smoother transition. But it doesn't surprise me that it hasn't been. And so when I look at where we are in our nation politically, socially, and how we impact the entire world, the fact that women are going to have to stand together doesn't feel like a fight to me in so much as it feels like a celebration.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And a, a stepping up onto that platform of, Claiming, again, not fighting for, but firmly and resolutely claiming what is ours. And so I think that that plays from the micro up and the macro clear down. There's just, this is the time, see, I knew it was going to happen. This is the time time of the woman and female and feminine and goddess. And we are going to, I, I don't think there's any going back. So as, you know, history looks back on us, we are pretty pivotal where we stand in terms of, I don't know. I mean, I I just think history is going to look back and we're going to be sitting in a really, really unique and incredibly powerful place in that sort of historical record of this transition between patriarchy to matriarchy. So while my dogs are barking, I'm going to mute myself and I'm going to toss it around to you guys for your thoughts on that. Jackie, you are of course top of the list. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, this 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 feels right to me, and it's and it is. I love the idea of a, a celebration instead of a revolution. Um, always part of the revolution, I think that's huge, and um, it's it is it's due i mean seriously it's just so we are so due for this and i i have no doubt it'll be uncomfortable um but at the end of the day i think it'll be the making of us as a species
2: i agree i totally agree and i I think making of it yeah that's exactly it which sounds really ominous i mean it's there's a there's a bigness about that that at first glance looks really threatening. But like I said, I think it's actually already happened. The hard parts are already done. This would not mm-hmm. be happening if we hadn't mm-hmm. evolved enough to have to step up and claim it. So I think the scary parts, although this looks really frightening, the scary parts may already be over. Mm-hmm. Janet, what are your thoughts? Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead, Jackie.
0: I, I just wanted to add one thing. I think you're right about the hard work being done already because – Um, there have been many times in the history where men have made carte blanche decisions about women and about how they want to run things. And there has never been a chance to um, stand up and and say no like we have had now. So, um, you know, because we've had these kind of things done to us before. um, and, And never before has there been... The freedom and the ability and the agency to be able to stand up and say, I do not accept that.
2: So, I mean, that is not to say that what's happening now is not hard. It is hard. But of we've had decades, centuries, maybe even longer of evolution, or again, maybe possibly re evolution to be able to stand where we are. I don't think it's mm-hmm. any accident that we are the women. Who are who have descended upon this plane at this point in history? I mean, we have mm-hmm. evolved through the lessons of our ancestors to be able to be here for this for this shift.
0: Mm-hmm. Precisely.
2: Yep. Janet, your thoughts?
3: I'm finding this so interesting on a global scale because obviously, not being American, you know, not being from the USA, I have a slightly different perspective on things and what's fascinating to me is the the i can feel the the different kind of swirling currents that are around like there are some swirling currents that say you know join us over here in fearing the other um and there are swirling currents that say uh you know we all sit around the campfire and sing kumbaya and everything will turn out rosy and there are other currents that say no we have to get out on the streets and March and it's really interesting for me to kind of sit back and watch all the swirling currents and then decide who I want to be personally in that mix and the kind of the long view like it's not hard for me to step back and say a hundred years ago I there is no way conceivable that I could possibly have been having these conversations or that any of us could. I wouldn't mm. have had the vote. I certainly wouldn't have had the access to sit on my, you know, headset wireless headset and talk to people on the other side of the planet in real time. <laughs> it's just Yeah. That, you know that the you're right, Lisa, that there has been so much evolution happened in a really short space of time. And I'm thinking there's a couple of things. One is the the idea of kind of relating this back to how it would be if it, were, if it were a person, whatever it is, this whole global dynamic, the shift in all of us, the collective. The I'm reminded of what happens when someone goes cold turkey off caffeine and I'm pointing the finger at myself here. <laughs> the The hard part is the first three days where there's massive migraines and I feel like crap and then there's a sort of a period of, ickiness which is low energy and there's still a kind of clearing out that's happening and you know we might call it the healing crisis I'm not a fan of that word but but we all kind of know what that means it is that period of discomfort where the hard work's been done the giving up of caffeine has been done but it still doesn't feel great and what and the and what I'm seeing like you guys who know me on Facebook have probably seen my subversive appreciation um you know posts that I've been doing, and the key for me in that has been opportunities to find evidence for the movement as a whole, the movement away from the old patriarchal paradigms into something different um, and I, you guys probably haven't heard about this, but here in Australia we've had an absolutely brilliant um, example recently our our conservative party, which is called the Liberal Party, which is very confusing for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But basically our version of the Republicans. Um, there's a, been, there are a couple of um, senators, which is the House of Review. Uh, again, our system is structured differently. It's more like the Western system. But there's a guy in there. There's a couple of very right-wing, alt-right people. One of them was, was over in America for the Trump campaign and was a huge fan of Trump and has obviously learned a lot from him. This guy has just split from his party, gone independent, which he's allowed to do under our rules, uh, which has pissed off everybody but you know, on his side of politics. But <laughs> I'm absolutely delighted because now he is splitting that extreme right. We've got another party called One Nation, which is so right-wing it doesn't bear thinking about. But now that vote is going to be split. And I couldn't be happier. It's like watching the, that extreme kind of holding back because that's the thing about that end of the spectrum is there is a holding back of change and there is a, it represents all of those things like the patriarchy and the the supremacist stuff um, that we obviously don't love or I don't love. Um, And to watch it sort of splitting between itself and breaking apart, just seeing this mental picture of a, a cracker crumbling apart and dissolving into nothing, disappearing into nothing. And I couldn't be happier (laughs) and those to me are all signs that the tighter they kind of try to hold on to the past the less grip they have that that amorphous they who are still trying to hold on to the old systems the old paradigms so to me that's been the that's been the big thing to celebrate has been looking for the evidence that the old systems the old dinosaurs are losing their grip I think that's what we're saying.
2: I think so too. And I also think you're right. I mean, I, I agree with everything you mm-hmm. said. I think one of the things that you said that I think matters so much is, I mean, evolution in terms of technology. This was the time because women can stand together all over the place. Yeah. It's not just me and my neighbors or me and my town or me and my country. I mean, it's not, I don't think, a coincidence in any way that the largest protest or march of any kind about anything ever in the history of humanity was a women's march and it was a global event that couldn't have probably even happened 10 years ago agreed I mean it would have been possible it would have been significantly less likely so uh, and I mean I think you do hold an interesting perspective in that you aren't here and yet you still feel the ripples of it. But I don't think this is just happening here. I mean, your point no, about what's absolutely. happening there. I mean, it's it's very loud and bombastic coming from our corner <laughs> of the world. But it is, we are not isolated in this evolution or this emergence, I think, that's happening globally.
3: Indeed. I think, I mean, I'm reminded too of what's happened, you know, in the UK with Brexit. that we're seeing this phenomenon Across Europe, across the globe, and it's it, it is that opportunity to to take out to fundamentally take out the dirty linen, give it a good shake, have a good look at it, and kind of collectively ask ourselves: Is this what we want? Do we want to continue with these old sort of old stains, do, or do we want to clean up our act collectively as a species? And I I just think we couldn't have done that without it coming out into the open the way it has been over the last. 12 to 24 months I mean there's a lot of lead time before that but it's been out there much more um, again with Brexit and then with the US elections Great. I think it's okay. brilliant
2: <laughs> and I think that I mean again what we're seeing isn't a happening it's a symptom that it's already happened this is this is kind of baked we're just now kind of pulling it out of the oven so Lisa mm-hmm. Ms. Cavallaro what do you think
4: Um, You know, know, I've just been feeling something. Like Janet said, I I feel something. I feel different. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence that the morning of the inauguration is when the pipe burst in our home in Florida and no one was there to catch it for two hours. And we had 230 gallons of water in the house and everything needs to be needed to be undone and redone and talk about taking out the dirty, the linens, you know, what I did when I was there, just clean the house, wash all the linens, uh, take off all the beds, strip all the beds. And, um, and it's just, it's, it feels like very new. I feel, I, I feel like I'm in a position. I I stepped into a position that I, I wanted to step into to take charge of all the work that needed to be done down there to kind of make calls that were different from the ones that the men who typically were in charge to do this kind of work, how they would do it. I told them how I wanted it done and I did certain things myself. And it's just, I mean, I I've stepped out of my character is, is the way I've been handling some of this. And, and as you know, Lisa, you know, something that happened in my personal life, just two days after the inauguration has kind of like added to all of this and um, to the way that I'm feeling and to take charge and the step up and don't just sit there and think it and do something about it. And um, I just, I feel very different. And so, you know, I, when I saw this topic come up for today, I'm like, Whoa, well, geez, this is awfully appropriate. I should, uh, I should make a point to attend this call. Oh, I feel it. Yeah, think you, all. Rachel, how about you?
1: Um, I mean, I think I would agree with what everyone said, and I definitely feel it. Um, but I, I also do really feel like as women, we're just we're in a different place. We have different power. We're empowered. We have different voices. So, um, and I like what I don't remember who said it now, but about the. How technology enables us to just be one, um, and I'm sorry that I I don't use technology as much, or at least social media, but I do think it really helps connect everybody. And as women, it empowers us to be together. And um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to have this call as well. Ellen, how about you? Do you have any
5: thoughts? Well, I mean, I I think that um what, what was very very interesting and very telling for me was that the the day of the inauguration I did not watch it at all, but I just um, I came into this very calm space um, and have really tuned in to um this this amazing Women's movement, and um, it—I mean, obviously, there's a huge amount of um, it, here it, in the U.S. A huge amount of of people who are very involved in in going back to the 1950s and creating. Um, again, the white um, population that that owns everything, and and I just see that, um, uh, you know, it's it's really a reaction to all of the movement that has happened um, for women, for for minorities, for everybody, and there's such strength right now in people and. Um, um, and I don't know where that will that will take politics, but I know that um, I am more connected with tons of people, um, and and it's exciting. It's really exciting. And mean, I I went to the you know almost million person march, million woman march almost in Los Angeles. Where it was supposed to be 150,000 people, it was 750,000 people. And if I could tell you the whole mood was like this amazing celebration in a way. I mean, celebrating who we are as a people being mashed up against each other with you know people from all different ethnic backgrounds all you know all different ages, everybody we're all talking to each other, we're all hanging out we're we're enjoying each other's signs we're you know so for me, it was amazing. I mean I think that we've been holed up in our little spaces in our little in our neighborhoods in our economic brackets, you know our work worlds our all of that. That keep us separate and um and I'm just really excited that it's it's gotten everybody together um, and the women's the women's groups and the women who I've met um, subsequently and emailing and you know all sorts of different things that I'm doing every day um, it it's enlightening it's it's it creates a movement. In my life, that that wasn't there before. So, yeah. And I think you bring up up
2: an interesting point because there's a lot of conversation right now, not just nationally, but I think globally, about race and about the intersectionalities of that movement. I mean, probably not everybody lives in a community like mine where we're constantly sort of micro-picking apart political nuances and intersectionality is a really big deal. But mm-hmm. I mean the reality of it is is women are not a minority. So right. I mean the femaleness of this planet, the the feminine of this planet is actually the vast majority. And right. in that majority we represent a dozen, you know, hundreds of micro sort of fragments of populations. I mean, that we represent minorities of all different kinds, you know, of ethnic diversity and sexual and socioeconomic nuances and all of that women are not a minority and yet globally we are treated or have been mm-hmm. treated as minorities for a very long time mm-hmm. so i mean as women come together minorities themselves are less marginalized and we know mm-hmm. that sort of historically through multiple movements across around the globe i mean Kiva, of all places. You guys are familiar with Kiva, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Kiva's Mm -hmm. goal is that that if you can firm up a woman in the village, you've just firmed up the entire village. Right. And I think that as we take that from a sort of village philosophy into a global philosophy, we, we firm up the security for the planet, for our
5: children, for our grandchildren. It is... It's pretty powerful stuff, and so. maybe that is the thing is that that we've been waiting for. I don't know what, but but our voices are more unified now, so we can talk talk to the to the planet as you know as a family rather than talk to you know be separate. And okay. and that's something that women can do. Women can bring bring our bring us together
2: well and i think that leads to sort of the next thing i want to talk about which is how we bring us together differently i mean jackie and i had some conversation about this today um which i'm going to talk about a little bit but i just i think that when i think about the goddess right goddess energy I do think goddess energy to some degree has been commoditized, right? Like little goddess statues and little fairy yeah. outfits and little mm-hmm. airy fairy stuff. But goddess energy is very big. And when I was contemplating goddessness, uh, you know, in preparation for this kind of, this train of thought, it was really clear to me for a second what goddess I was talking about. But it's actually not that that simple. I mean, I think it, you know, Standing at the north, we probably have Kali. And standing at the south, right across from her, is probably Venus energy. And then we've got Hesta energy. And then we've got, like, all of these different kinds of energies that are floating around out there that are very goddess-like and very, very different. And I almost feel like all of that goddess energy, all of these goddess archetypes are standing around the earth holding hands to uh-huh. to unite as one and that does not uh-huh. mean a watering down of any of those energies I mean I am at this point no doubt about it much more likely to probably embody I don't know if I'm really fully feeling like Kali Ma energy but I'm definitely feeling some Pele right some destruction uh-huh. slash creation kind of energies and yet I know that that energy in and of itself is not a complete solution for where we stand. I mean, I look at Jackie and what she brings with her Hearth and home energies and Janet with what she brings with her, you know, with, with what she's doing with this, with the, with the appreciation stuff. Like we each have a, a goddess to channel right now, an energetic place to stand And I think that's all going to be very individual and unique, and yet every part of what we're bringing to that party is required for for this transformation. In fact, it's already been on board or we wouldn't be here yet. So, I mean, how we bring our energy, what we contribute to this process, there's not a one-size-fits-all to that which is why I really think what we need to do to some degree is tune in inward and fortify our own relationship with the feminine. however that flows for us individually and then express that outwards. I mean, Janet just said in chat, Eshtar is driving the, yeah, the world. It takes a village of goddesses to raise a planet. And that is exactly the way <laughs> I that. see that. And, and yet each of these goddesses are very different. And so how that plays for me is going to be markedly different than how it plays for somebody else. I mean, Jackie, you and I were talking today about Dalai Lama's quote. You want to toss that one out, and then we can talk a little bit about how we each express our own goddess energies in this in this sort of transition period?
0: I think it was in the early 90s. 19- Late nineties, nineteen nineties, that the Dalai Lama at the women's conference, world women's conference, said, the world will be saved, by the woman, and that that can, quote, you
5: say, can you say that again? I'm sorry, I didn't get it.
0: The world will be saved by the Western woman. Okay. And you know, I mean, he he didn't explain. He just said. Basically, he was saying that everything the planet needs is already in the women on the planet, and and so and, you know it, it was a it was a standalone quote that really struck me, um, and I don't think he means Western, as in you know the women who live in the West. Um, I think he meant more than anything um, aware women, the women who have the time and what amounts to the luxury to do this fight because seriously, if a woman is having to walk six miles to get water and walk six miles to get back um, we're going to have to do the fight for her. Uh, we're going to have to you know, do the laws and, and, and stand up and do the marching and stuff for her because she just simply doesn't have the time. So I think that was what he meant by the Western woman. Um, it's a woman who has the agency, the facility, the capability to actually do it, um, and our time is now. It, I loved what Janet said, takes a village of goddesses to raise a planet. It does. Um, that's a, It's a beautiful analogy, It and, and I think um, in our striving to make ourselves whole, in other words, clear, and not clear, I don't think we'll ever clear the divisiveness, but I think we can certainly stop it. Being so harmful, um, we mustn't allow ourselves to be divided either. Because one approaches the problem this way, and one approaches the problem that way. Um, we all have things. Uh, we all have our strengths, and you know um, that's what we bring to the to the to the party, so to speak. And that's what we need to hone so that we can bring it in its fullness.
5: So, I mean, we, well, part
2: of what you and I talked about today is that I think, like, for example, and this is just an example, but I could also say this about Janet's work. I could say it about Rachel's work, actually. She doesn't work in the same field. I can say it about Ellen's work, but we were talking today about how I think that your work is so your work is like ground zero for, for a movement, like you fortify women in their homes. I mean, Rachel's working in an environment that cares for and takes care of children. Janet also does a lot of work with, you know, women and, and their evolution. I mean, Ellen's work has to do with residing in the body and spiritual evolution through the body. Like, each and every one of us owns a piece of that ground zero kind of movement. And I think that that's part of what women have been sort of stepping into is understanding that their work, whatever it is, is deeply sacred and absolutely pivotal for us to be where we are.
0: I, I agree. You know, there's a, a lovely saying that when women's circle magic happens, I think it's because of that. It's because within the circles that we used to hold, um, not just the magic circles, but the flower pounding circles, the washing circles the um, whatever circle it was, um, each woman brought her her that thing she does to the circle and benefited everybody we haven 't had a rallying point to do that for for a long time, and we 've become isolated we 've all become kind of solitary, you know um yeah, we have. Uh, we have communities, but community isn't what it used to be, and mm-hmm. and I think that that is what this has worked. On. It's kind of it makes me think of the movie Independence Day. You know, everybody stops squabbling when there's one big thing that we have to deal with, and this has kind of felt like that, and it's it's a it's a chance for us all to circle again, as you said, hold hands and stand firm. I
2: Agree. Beautiful. Um, Janet, I mean how do you feel about all the goddesses in their glory? You you said it best.
3: <laughs> um I, I'm really interested in this because of the you know, obviously I, I I I have a very astrological kind of lens through which I look at this. Um, so for me it's the various goddesses in terms of how their um, astrological equivalent is a representation of the parts of our psyche so the simplest obvious you know easiest one to talk about is moon and venus and how moon represents the the feminine nurturing part of our psyche uh which is you know when we look at the brain science for example we are all not just women but men as well we all have it wired within us to be mammalian caregivers, otherwise humans, all mammals have it, otherwise their species would die out because nobody would bother nursing an infant and it would just starve to death. So There wouldn't be any mammals if we didn't have that deep wiring. Um, And that connects to this moon part of us that wants to nurture. And then on the other hand, we've got Venus who is much more self-oriented. Yes, she's about relationships, but she is also the inheritor of the energy of Ishtar and Hathor. And there's a sense of um, her main agenda really is self-valuing and she does that by seeing herself in the eyes of another. So when Aphrodite, for example, takes a lover, she's not taking him as in order to nurture him. So it's that distinction between the role of mother and lover. So it's just looking at those two goddesses alone and we I think each of us has this pantheon within us and we have a kind of certain aspects or certain characters within that pantheon of goddesses are emphasized differently in each of us and for me the easiest way to kind of get a sense of that is to look at someone's chart when I look at my own chart just ruled by Venus so for me being um the, and and Moon is in Capricorn, which is very pragmatic, very self-sufficient. So nurturing is less strong in me, even though I do compassion and I do relationship really well, and I and I am articulate and I can communicate because of the Venus. That's part of Venus's gift. But I I'm not here to rescue anybody. Um, I look at my mother's chart. She has Sun in Cancer, which is ruled by the Moon her deepest happiness is to support others. It's not necessarily... And we both do that, but we do it in really different ways. Venus does it more by kind of saying, well, come on, we're all in this together. Let's let's go through this together. Um, Moon does it more by saying, how can I help you? Um, so I think there's... I like this idea that there's this... that we all have this whole pantheon of goddesses within us. We have access to all of them. And there are those... who um, who are our kind of default go-to, most comfortable places. So we kind of get to reach out through the other lenses of those different goddesses as they represent parts of our psyche. That kind of lights me up. And I think that applies to men as well as women because obviously men have Venus in their chart as well, (laughs) just like we have Mars. I had muted
4: myself
2: again, sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so Rachel what goddess energy do you think you're channeling most right
1: now Um, I have to be honest I don't think I have enough experience and knowledge about goddesses but I'm finding this all very interesting what would you say I had,
5: <laughs> Janet
1: what would you say Rachel has
3: I think I mean, I think. Oh, well, that's tricky I, just... I, have, I don't know Rachel well enough <laughs> to say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I mean, I think and you've seen her chart, but I mean, I think I look at Rachel and I, I see some crossover with that goddess of hearth and home that has the kind of, of energy, um, but there's also a very, very strong feistiness, and I think that that right now, from where I sit through my lens, is really the calling of the feminine, right? Like, it's more than just feisty, mm-hmm. it's, it's boundary ridden. That's not even the right – it's a little bit like – and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, like like how do we define our own kingdoms? How we define our own kingdoms is by what we want and what we will not allow. And mm-hmm. I think that with Rachel, there is a, there is a very strong – this is what I will not allow and this is what I absolutely want that's a little bit more of a warrior kind of energy but it's mixed really beautifully with a lot of a lot of nurturing home-based healing comforting kind of energy and i that's a really good example of what i think is being required of us right now i mean that hmm. blending and mixing of both sides of the internal or the external and the inhale and the exhale i think that's that is kind of where we find ourselves, and we may find ourselves there in partnership with others or flowing all of it at the same time or interchanging back and forth between those two kinds of energies a lot. But the feminine is not just passive right now. I mean, feminine is also, she's, she is not just a passive force. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not actually aggressive either.
0: Assertive. Assertive, yes. Oh,
3: I yeah. yeah. Um. I think there's a sense of the, she's claiming her territory.
0: Mm. She's, um, a so- sovereignty. To me, is 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 the word yeah. I go to more often than not. It's it's a it's a feeling of of boundaries and queendom and um this is my space. I make the rules. And um you know as you said and and you're very welcome provided. You know, you make yourself welcome. Um, yeah, the sovereignty is, is for me, and, it's, and you're right. It's not a, it's not a passive thing. It's not, it's not an aggressive either, but it is definitely assertive.
1: It's empowered, I would say. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: Um, That's- Rachel, just sorry, Rachel, sorry. remind me your surname because I've got a few Rachels in my. I don't remember everybody's <laughs> chart that I've ever looked at. So, what's your surname? And I'll have a quick look. Brianna. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I just go, I don't remember everybody. It's really um, bad. I wish I did. I wish I did. But I'll have a quick look, because I think it's worth... Um, <laughs> um. Sorry, let me have a quick look at where Venus is sitting. Your moon is in Aries, so she's quite feisty. <laughs> she does her nurturing in a, She does her nurturing, but she doesn't do it in that kind of classic soft feminine, fla- you know, pretty girly way. She does it with quite a bit of. She's quite ballsy about how she nurtures. It's more a kind of. It, it probably can be something like, "Here, get out of the way and let me do it for you, because <laughs> I know how to do it." <laughs> um, yeah, that- <laughs> and and you and you have venus in scorpio which i also have so so again venus is like she's not content your venus like my venus is not content with the social cocktail party chit chat it's it got, it has to go deeper it has to have consequences it has to matter so I reckon, I reckon your you know i talked to before about that moon venus thing about being the sort of the mother and the lover um and those two aspects of the feminine of those two goddesses within you both of them have it in them to be pretty out there in terms of how they like to take care of the world how they like to contribute to the world and i don't think they're going to stand for much nonsense when they're given their head if that makes sense does that resonate yeah thanks (laughs) so
1: absolutely cool Cool. Cool. (laughs) Very cool. Thank you. Ellen. You're welcome, <clears throat> Ellen. What do you feel
2: like you're flowing in terms of God's energy right now? You've got you've got some fight in you right now. You yeah. You yeah.
5: I think I think that um, uh, there's a great awakening happening in me, and uh, I, I don't I don't mean this in a like. Uh, like I wasn't feminine before, but um but there was a different bent in it, and um the sense of really being much more close to nature and um, and earth and mother earth, and really that connection my my um, sense. Of myself is that connection and um I think a lot of of my my tendency um, in the past has been to be um, uh, very much cosmic but not as you know but but now I'm learning that I have to be able to um, you know join the both 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 the, the cosmic and the, the earth um in order to to you know to to move forward here. So um I I don't know what entity that is, but that's that's my sense of, of what it is.
2: I agree. I see that. Lisa,
5: what are you flowing?
4: Um you know I I don't know anything about all this goddess energy that you're talking about. It's like so enlightening to listen to it and some of the things the way that you're explaining things, I'm like, wow, I see what they're describing what's going on with me right now, but they're using a language I'm very unfamiliar with. Um, but when when Janet used the word for Rachel, I think feisty, I think that's how I'm That's what I'm no, that's going. I think that's what it is. I think so
2: too, which I think comes down to that. I mean, I, I don't like the word boundaries, right? Because it's got such a bad rap. But it really is just a very strong definition of this is what I want, this is what I expect in my queendom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what I will not allow in my queendom.
1: Which mm-hmm. means
2: for me, like I may need to stand up and and be verbal about some stuff. I may need to squash some stuff that's happening out in the out you know, I may I've mm-hmm. got some fire and some feist in me right now. But uh, I think any good queen probably would do that. Any good goddess would probably do that. How we're defining right now what we want, what 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 we expect we're going to receive, and what we will no longer allow, like that really is, I think, the emergence of that very strong feminine goddess energy. It is no longer passive. I mean, that's probably where we were out of balance for a long time mm-hmm. was, Interpreting femininity as soft and passive all the time. Yeah. I don't think goddess energy right now is passive at all. It's inviting. It's allowing. Mm-hmm. It may it may feel smooth and soft, but it is it is significantly more hungry. We are more hungry for our way.
1: Sure, and I sure. like
2: I do truly believe what the Dalai Lama said a decade ago, or maybe two decades ago. Yeah you know, we are the women who will heal this planet because we are going to demand that it is done our way, which means we will have to heal ourselves and our relationships and our communities and our countries. And I mean, but it starts at this micro level and expands to this macro level. I, it feels to me, the best way I can describe it, it's like we, we bought the house, right? We went through escrow. We got the mortgage. We signed the paperwork, and right now, what we're doing is we're having to evict the pe- the, the person who wouldn't leave.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. It may we take four years. years. It may take four years, but we we are in an eviction process of, the, of something that already belongs to us, and we are and we are perfectly suited, obviously, to do it because here we sit. And that is not necessarily a a political statement. Like this is not necessarily about Brexit or Trump or any of the rest of it. It is about the patriarchy.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. So coming up, what I would like to do for the next few weeks. Next three weeks or so, I'm going to do a brief course on a meditative technique called CALM, um, which is Cognitive ana- Anatomical Linguistic Meditation, and that is a way of opening a healing regenerative dialogue with your body through meditation. So we're going to start on that very micro level, like how I relate to my body, kind of healing that relationship in a very very definite and profound sort of intimate way after that we probably will do the selfie clinic are you guys up for the selfie clinic
4: i would love that
5: what is the selfie clinic what is we're going
2: to learn we are going to
5: learn to take some fantastic amazing
2: absolutely gorgeous breathtaking <laughs> selfies <laughs> okay cuz i'm
5: really bad <laughs> at it <laughs>
0: yes, I'm really bad. I always look 112 years old.
5: <laughs> you always look great. <laughs> <laughs> Not
0: in my selfies. You should see what's on my phone.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, the ones that you post are beautiful.
0: Yeah, they're uh, one out of 1,000, can... and thank you.
2: <laughs> First step to a great selfie is take 100, delete 99. But we will probably do that for a couple of weeks. I'm going to get a professional photographer, I think, to come and be with us for one day to talk Mm -hmm. about that. But I think, you know, once we really get into that root level of healing relationships with our bodies and our femininity, then we can start talking a little bit about being able to identify our own beauty and our own light, which I don't think there's a better way to do that than through a lens of a camera. Then I want to transition to... um, work around sexuality and sexual power and I think we will probably replay the entire curriculum of Goddess Academy where we're really going to break down these goddess energies and go through each one of them and really learn to understand and recognize the nuances of the different goddess archetypes um, while we're while we're experiencing this emergence is there anything else that you guys want to see in the next, say, three to six months or three or four months.
3: I wouldn't mind, Lisa, Um, circling back, perhaps after we've done all of that, circling back to something like a mix of who do and data points, like making it granular and and nitty-gritty and... Taking it like we do the kind of the, because the of bringing it really down to earth in a, in an extremely detailed yet magical way. So you know because when we get granular, it's it's easier to fall into the kind of Newtonian way of thinking. And and I, well, certainly this is for me. I'm not trying to speak on behalf of others, but it sort of things can become a little rote or a little you know I've got this on my list so therefore I do it like cleaning my teeth or whatever. Um, so after looking at all of the kind of the, the the more conceptual stuff like the goddesses and so on, then bringing it down to earth while kind of retaining that energy around it, I think that would be I would love that. I think that would be really fabulous. Yeah I, love I would that. love I that. Can do
0: that. Like, like a um, uh, a hoodoo and and ritual recipe for each of us as we unfold Ooh. what it is. Yes. You know.
4: Hmm. I like that a I lot. Like that. I like that. Anything too. else? That should sort okay. out most of the year, by the sound of it. <laughs> well,
2: and I think that I mean for like Lisa and Rachel who haven't been around as long. I don't know if Ellen was here when we did Goddess Academy. I mean that that will be a fun exploration of some of these goddesses in their specific details. Um, yes. And I'll it's been a couple of years since we did that, so it's probably obviously given what we're doing right now, it's time to revisit that. And you you will not ever have to say, I'm not familiar with these goddesses again <laughs> because you will be intimately familiar with these, these lovely goddesses by the time we're done. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering, Lisa, is there anything that you want to recommend in the way of reading so that I can get caught up?
2: Um, actually, I would like everybody to read. Um, this one, Rachel, you've probably got it. In fact, I'm guessing a couple of you do. For the next bit of material coming up, it would be really cool if everybody would read um, Biology of Belief for what we're gonna do with the CALM technique, because I sure. think getting that under your belt in, a, in advance would be really, really useful.
4: Is, this, is that Bruce Lipton that yeah,
2: Bruce Lipton. Mm-hmm. But,
4: but that's not about um, goddesses though, right?
2: No, it's not, but it works okay. in the next section. Well, I think mean, okay. that's a good question. Do we wanna do Goddess Academy first, or do we, what order would you guys like to do this in? Should we roll out the goddesses first?
3: Um, I think it might be a good idea because, you know, given the context of everything we're discussing, maybe it would help us to feel a bit more grounded if we... Not grounded. Like we have our feet under us. If we actually have some technical knowledge of the goddesses and the goddess energy and... That way, those of us who aren't so familiar with the goddesses... And I have loads to learn myself those of us who aren't so familiar with the goddesses can feel like we have a clue what we're thinking about (laughs) instead of feeling a bit adrift. Mm.
2: So, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's do, we'll start Goddess Academy next week. I will send out material probably over the weekend and we will roll it out that way. That'll give me a few days to get it updated and freshened up a little bit. Um, But that way, yeah, I think it's a good idea. We'll all be on the same page. Okay.
4: Okay. Sounds good to me. Cool. Thank you.
2: All right. Go All forth. Right. Have, have a powerful, wonderful, fantastic, goddess-worthy evening, you guys.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank
3: you, Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.